is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glad Trad Podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping it in. <laughs> I'm Jordan Pacheco. Oh, are we going with it? No, we're going with it. Oh, I'm you can't go back now. With it. Can't go back I'm just now. Ham- hamming it out here. All right. ah, we just, we just, Glad we just Trad Podcast. Changing it up here. Oh, you know what? Uh, we, we, we think that things ought to be changed every 50 years. You know, we just got to keep it fresh. You just got to. Yeah, especially doctrine. You know, I think doctrine yeah. is, is alive and we should just kind of reinterpret it every mm-hmm. couple of years. I like that. So literally every subscriber, we've falsed you. We pulled the wool over your eyes. We're actually, both of us are lectors and Eucharistic ministers. And uh, Rudy's <laughs> married to a woman priest. <laughs> Can you imagine? A Womixen priest. A Womix. Oh, yes. A deaconess. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey, happy birthday, Rudy. Thank you. I Thank want you. everybody, please, if you see this video, to comment happy birthday to Rudy because he is the big 3 1 today, the big oof himself. So- <laughs> the big old Baskin Robbins year right mm. here. 31 flavors, and they're all chocolate. Listen, I, like I don't want to sound like I've been in a certain beach house, but 31 looks very good on you. What? <laughs> you look good. You look good at 31. Beach house? Yeah, McCarrick, hashtag. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, how, how's your day been? Did you have a good birthday? It's been a great birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, went to mass this morning with the uh, society here in LA. Um, and... Every year uh, on the feast day of St. Pius X, they have the external solemnity on the Sunday after. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So they celebrated the external solemnity today and uh, it was was fantastic. It was great. I mean, mass is always amazing, you know, but, um, you know, Father Burfitt, we've had him on the show before. He's just such a holy priest and exudes a a great love for Christ. So it's inspiring to see him, you know, he's not always there, but Yeah. yeah, he's, he's very inspiring. And then afterwards, I got together with my mom mm-hmm. and uh, just had some cake. Ooh, so that's what yeah. you do. Kept it that's... simple, you know, that's, Man, that's you know, like... I'm getting old. I don't, yeah. I don't need any. Well, like, this is the first birthday where birthday you have party. both your wife and your daughter. So, yep. I mean, what else do you need? You know, we got that's all I need. Ones. That's all you need. Right. And how's your Sunday? Great Sunday. Um, great Sunday. It's a very do nothing sort of Sunday. So Jenna and I went to mass. I um, heard a wonderful homily with Father Nolan on uh, a recap of disciplining of children. He had that based. a month ago when he did. Yeah, very based. I hope it. I hope whoever takes all the homilies for census fidelium every once in a while snatches up one of our priests. So I, I hope that. Hey, did you know Father Nolan plays the uh, the bagpipes? Yeah, I know Father Nolan plays the bagpipes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a... So, you know, in World War I, um, when some of the British soldiers would go over the top in the early days, they'd have a piper mm. with them that would play them onward, right? So I'm hoping that that when our battle comes, um, as it is, we're actually Father already... Father Nolan will do that. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's just out there in the cassock and the uh, pipes blowing and we're all... <laughs> so that's great hey so speaking of besides your birthday milestone there's another milestone that i want to um to thank everybody for helping us reach so on our um audio kind of side we have just hit a notification where we have gotten ten thousand downloads that means ten thousand unique listens for all of our shows and obviously we couldn't have done this without you so i know that y'all are watching on youtube it's a whole different ball game and we're really really happy thank you all so much for subscribing and sharing our content and your feedback as you'll see later in this episode has been extremely important and we do pray for you and we're very grateful and then it's also nice to hear that you know people who want to just 
listen to us for whatever reason when they're going to work or in the car or working out or whatever it is. I've heard them all um, that they've been sharing and listening to that, too. So thank you to everybody who's helped make that possible. We, we literally could not do this without you. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible. You know, I, I got that email this morning, too. And it's it's huge, man. You know, um, it's not to pat ourselves on the back. It's just that we just really appreciate that people take the time to listen to us. And uh, that's 10,000 opportunities to reach out to somebody. And you never know, you know, Uh, sometimes God uses you in the funniest ways. Yeah. And, And you know, I think for us, we, you know, when we started this, we really wanted to just, I mean, again, we, we started because of, it was, it was a summer of shame, the McCarrick scandals. Then also because God had really spoken to us with traditional Catholicism. And I mean, we could, we still can't obviously shut up about this. And yeah. that's that's the best part about becoming really traditional Catholic, falling in love with your faith and, and Jesus in that sort of way. And so I think what's nice is that our our community, community, <laughs> but, you know, you see that kind of that joy and that sort of that meany nature and just kind of smiling and laughter and war with a lot of our subscribers and a lot of our listeners, too. So a lot of our interactions have been extremely positive. Um, so many people have really been kind of just like, thank you. And all this channel is cool. And like, this helped me this. And can you suggest this or do this? And so, um, we are always looking at our comments and we're always really helpful for your feedback and everything. Um, there's so many ways to get a hold of us. So as you'll see right now, if you have an episode suggestion or something like that, you don't just have to be a patron or something like that to, to for us to get it. We would love to just kind of take uh, some of your ideas and, and incorporate them into the show, which leads me to uh, one of our really good subscribers. Thank you to David Von Campen, if that is a real name, pretty cool name if it is. Uh, <laughs> but he asked um, a month ago about if we would do an episode talking about Our Lady of Sorrows. And considering that it's September, this is actually probably a very apt thing to do. Um, so I thought we thought it would be a good idea that we kind of go through Our Lady of Sorrows, what that really means. Uh, Rudy's really, you're really, you're really good. At, you're way better at like devotional in-depth stuff than I am. Um, and then also <laughs> talk about, true. it's true. You know, it's, it's, it's the sanguine in me makes it difficult. <laughs> it's just too, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, sorrow, why not our lady of like good fortune and perpetual health? <laughs> um, and then later we'll talk, of course, about some of our favorite titles for our lady because they're, she is queen of heaven, which means it's like, so. <laughs> oh, there's so many good titles for so her too. And we got a list up too. And we're just like looking at it or before we started uh, yeah. recording, it's just incredible. <laughs> Uh, yeah but before we get into that i'd like to just give a quick shout out yes to uh i believe let's see here oh yeah special request here uh-huh Airmail david special. massey huge huge, huge shout fan. out huge trad shout out fellow brother <laughs> david massey we love you man you're you're a cool dude and yep. we appreciate you listening to us and you, also your cousin thomas yeah is amazing it really is really cool guy it is so cool meeting and talking and interacting with trads across the world not just here in our own beloved country and so um if you haven't already we were we were um very uh, blessed to be on tom massey's lounge room chats podcast our video posted and if you like that please go support his channel his is a new and rising channel he's a great great conversationalist and, and a better 
uh, Catholic, better man on fire for the faith. And so we'll link that in the description below, but he has a lot of really good topics and great guests, obviously, because we are on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but shout out to David. He told us uh, his cousin was a, was a fan of our show, and we were like, well, that's really cool. Um, so love. Get him love on. Get him on the, the Zoom yeah, call. Get him on, get him on the potty. <laughs> can, we, can we, like, phone people in? Kevin Samuel style. Yeah. It's like, what do you got for us? <laughs> we were filming at, like, 1 p.m., and he was at work, so. Yeah. yeah. All right, David. Yeah, Next time. Well, thanks, dude. <laughs> we love you. God bless you. Well, we're in the month of September. And uh, September is dedicated to the uh, Sorrowful Heart of Mary. And um, it's a good time to recollect on this unique aspect of our Blessed Mother, of her sufferings, because she suffered alongside uh, our Blessed Lord in, in different um, unique experiences that she lived through. And I'll just, I'll go through and, and give you what the seven sorrows are. Um, that have uh, so so hurt our Blessed Mother's heart. Um, you know, the, before I do that, the cool thing is um, if you look at the any of the artwork for uh, Our Lady of Sorrows, mm. it's her Blessed Mother. Sometimes you see her in tears. Most of the time you'll see seven uh, swords piercing her heart. And the seven swords are uh, representative of these unique uh, experiences that she had, which uh, are her seven sorrows. So number one, we have the prophecy of Simeon. Simeon was the, um, the old man whom uh, the Lord promised that he would see the Messiah before he, he died. And this happened at the presentation of our blessed Lord mm -hmm. at the temple. This comes from the uh, Gospel of St. Luke, uh, chapter 2, verse 34. And then the second sorrow is the flight into Egypt, which is um, when uh, uh, the Holy Family had to, had to run away from, from Herod and his, his brutality when he slaughtered the Holy Innocents. So this is uh, from St. Matthew, Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 2, uh, verse 13. Number three, her third sorrow is the loss of the child Jesus in the temple. And this is from uh, St. Luke uh, chapter two. That's a, I mean, that's a devastating thing to, to go through, you know, just to, you know, the Ignatian spiritual exercises or the Ignatian way of praying is to envision yourself in these situations and just, yeah. just imagine what it would have been like to be part of the Holy family, to have uh, the blessed Lord entrusted into your hands and to lose him, I mean, that's just devastating. You know, and not so just that's, for like a little bit of time, but for three days. Yeah, for days. Know, sort of this sort of foreshadowing. Yeah. So that's that's a major sword uh, piercing the heart of our blessed mother. The fourth one is meeting uh, meeting Jesus on the way of the cross. So mm. you can imagine what that's like too. Just put yourself in that situation. Um, seeing our blessed Lord almost to the brink of death, being forced to carry this cross, having the cross, um, you know, uh, um, really the weight of the cross on his shoulders and collapsing under all of that, all of the weight of our sins. The fifth sorrow is the crucifixion. So naturally our blessed mother was there at the foot of the cross along with, um, with uh, St. John and um, Mary Magdalene. And then the sixth sorrow is the taking down of the body of Jesus from the cross. 
which again was a very sorrowful experience. And then the seventh sorrow is the burial of Jesus. So these seven sorrows are, are uh, unique to our Blessed Mother. These are, these are, um, these are experiences where our, our Blessed Mother suffered in, in union with her Blessed Lord. And, um, and they formed this, this unique devotion, which uh, we can talk about either now or, or after. I guess we can unpack these seven yeah. sorrows. What do you think? Yeah, I think to unpack, and one thing I'm really struck by, especially with the seven sorrows, is... And, and today it really hit me because um, where we were sitting in mass, we were in front of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, the oh, altar, yeah. Yeah, a little side altar with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. On the and, left? Yep, on the left, yeah. 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 And, you know, I think that for a lot of times as Christians, I think sometimes we think that like, oh, the closer we are to God, it's counterintuitive because we're warned this is the opposite. But the closer we are to God, the less suffering we actually do in this life, right? We just, it's, um, <laughs> I heard something really interesting from our professors the other day and they said one of them said this that the story of the bible is god like a father obviously instructing his children in his ways and doing it slowly so for instance when you know we we move as we as we see the the knowing of god in that theology deepen we see god go hey listen if you want to have a good life follow my commandments and i will give you a land overflowing in milk and honey right mm -hmm. and so they get to the promised land but then they lose the promised land and so God's going, actually, it's not enough just like if you do good things here, temporally good things will happen. Suffer for me later becomes if you suffer in this life and you endure your sufferings, I will reward you for all of eternity for it. And, you know, I was really thinking about the prophecy of St. Simeon because Our Lady was the holiest and, and most perfect woman who ever lived. You know, she is the new Eve, the Ark of the Covenant. And you would think that at all of time and all of history, God from the very beginning knew that it was going to be Mary who would not just become the mother of God, but become mother to us all. And you would imagine that that would mean a life. I mean, she's born without original sin. So, okay, that means her life must be just perfect and no issues or suffering, or whatever. And yet he picks this, this, you know, poor little Jewish girl and then tells her through St. Simeon that a sword is going to pierce your heart. And this on one of the most joyous occasions for a mother, right, which is the day that her son is circumcised and, and is acknowledged, therefore, as, as, a, as, a, as one of God's people, you know, the son of God himself and being told this is what's going to happen, you know, that he was from he was coming to the world to suffer and die for us. Yeah. Um, and so I'm reminded a lot of times when I go through my own sufferings. Right. And, you, and, you know, it's very easy to adopt. Well, why me attitude? Right. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, well, think about this, right? Like, wretched sinner that I am, here's a woman who had no sin, who who chose, who was born without original sin, and then chose, furthermore, to to have that life with God always, never sinned once. And yet she had to endure well more than I will have to endure because she watched her Redeemer and her son all in one suffer and die for wretches like us. Um, yeah. So yeah, as we go through this, that, that's just something that I really struck by. Like the the it's it's great when, you know, without the overemphasis sometimes that the 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 the, uh, the new world does right, where we lose a sense of the divine, but just seeing like that human element and God moving down to our humanity, that God loves us so much that He was Himself willing to suffer and die to experience loss, and this is also reflected in in what the Virgin Mary went through with us. Yeah, and and we see in our Blessed Mother too this she is really an archetype for us 
you know, to, to look after and to emulate because we see all of her suffering really um, united to our blessed Lord and really gives it a meaning and purpose. You know, we're not, we're not suffering in this world just because, you know, it's not, you know, God isn't this um, evil God that is just making us suffer. You know, it's just, well, that's part of our reality here in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we live, we live in the world and this is an imperfect place. This is not heaven. And so there's always going to be suffering. And our blessed Lord even told us that there would be suffering and that we would have to take up our cross every single day and follow him. Otherwise, we, we, we just don't have any inheritance if we, if we deny our crosses. And the crosses that we have in this world are meant to sanctify us, and they're meant to deepen our relationship to God. Yeah. And so um, when we suffer, it's, it's apt to, remi- to remind ourselves that you know, this is just part of our, this is just part of what it is to be a Catholic person. And uh, to be a follower of Christ. And, you know, if we really claim to love our blessed Lord, we'll, we'll take on that cross. And um, when we surrender ourselves to that reality, the, the yoke really, the yoke is really light. Yeah. You know, just like our Lord said, you know, mm-hmm. my, my yoke is, is easy and my burden is light. It's light because you're uniting your your suffering to to the Lord, and it makes sense. You know, it really helps you make sense of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's one thing I wish I would have mentioned on um, Tom Massey's uh, Lounge Room Chats uh, episode that we did. I, I really suggest you guys check it out because it was a really good episode for both of us. You know, a lot of stuff that we haven't said on the podcast ourselves here. Um, yeah. So yeah, check check that out. That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that's that's so powerful is that we follow a God who did all this himself. United humanity in all things but sin. United humanity as humanity ought to be. God came into the world not to condemn, but, to, you know, he says, I've come into the world not to judge, but to but to save. And then he, he says, and this is what this is how I must do it. You know, I am the way, the truth and the life. And this is this is what I have to do. And again, it's like this great reminder that the Christian life, you know, every suffering, every ailment, every sign of evil that's done in this world is not done because of, of because that's what God wants. You know, it, it says in the book of wisdom, right, that God did not make death, nor does he delight in the, in, you know, in the, in the, in the death of, of anybody. And so I think what we see is that our own actions, you know, we're, it was our, our first parent's sin and, and then our sins, which are the cause for our misfortune. You know, God permits because he loves, because he didn't want to make automatons. He wanted to make uh, a, a creature with the image and likeness unto himself. And, right. I, you know, I think that it's amazing because when you do, as you were saying, when you do accept suffering, because it sounds so contradictory. My yoke is easy, easy. My burden's light. That doesn't make any sense, surely. You know, and what I love about Catholicism in particularly is that it understands that God is not wicked. You know, he doesn't delight in in. He doesn't delight in revels and in evils and in sufferings and these sorts of things, nor is God um, hidden from us in the way that he made this world like like Buddhists believe the world is just an illusion. Right. And enlightenment nirvana is to just acknowledge that the world's all illusion and nothing matters. Well, no, God made the world. It does matter. He made it good and we made it fall. And then he has given us a way to redeem ourselves 
out of it because we could not do it ourselves. And so for saints, but especially for Our Lady, whose fiat, whose ultimate yes to God, transforms or helps to transform the story so intimately that she knew that she would be called blessed uh, among all women forever, that she was actually given to us as our mother. God himself puts aside a special place for her. And in order for this to happen, she had to accept, as it was forewarned, all these sufferings which we're about to get into. So so before we get into the, the devotionals, I would recommend, um, I'm sure that you would too, obviously, but if if usually you watch Passion of the Christ around Lent, right? It's a very good Good Friday watch. We've talked about that before. Since this is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows, it might be a good time to watch it once more because the Passion of Our Christ has a wonderful depiction of the motherly relationship between Our Lady and Our Lord. And so when you see there's a there's a scene, I remember when um, when they do meet face to face on the Via Dolorosa and Christ falls and it flashes back to, to a scene of, of the child Jesus falling. And you're a parent now, so you can speak into this, but when there's any harm that befalls your child, it's a new pang, you know? That oh, yeah. anxiety, that desire just to shield your child from everything. And knowing that this is what he had to do, you know, that, that, that God is there, obviously, right there in the flesh and is in command of the whole thing. And this is what he has to do. I agree. I think that's a fantastic suggestion. You know, I think we get into the habit of, of just watching it during Lent. But yeah, it, it's, it's good to, to rewatch that movie. It's such a masterpiece mm-hmm. of film, really, and really well done. <sighs> I wish I could say that about a lot of different, you know, Christian television shows like The Chosen. I like The Chosen, but it's made by a Protestant at the end of the day, you know, and and some of the things that are are you know shown in the in the TV series are just it's it's from a Protestant perspective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's even blasphemous, you know, like the way that they depict our blessed mother, sometimes with her dialogue and that sort of thing. But with um but with a film like The Passion of the Christ, man, that is perfection. It's just, it's just incredible, and uh, a really visceral experience to remind us ourselves of of that suffering that yeah. both Our Lady and our, our Lord experienced at the end of uh, at the end of His life before His resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, you reminded me too of this. Um, one of the well. I don't know if it was like the whole, well, you know, how homilies are, you know, sometimes they, they delve into different topics. So one of the topics today was the importance of reminding ourselves of eternity. We have to think of eternity yeah. every single day as much as possible, because that too gives us a certain perspective on how to live out our life. You know, if we're thinking like we're automatically going to go to heaven, obviously we're going to take, um, you know, royalties here and there, you know, we're going to allow ourselves to just kind of like, you know, fall into sin or just, yeah, you know, destroy our, 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 uh, our prayer life or, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, Father Burfitt reminded us, you know, we have to think about hell as much as possible. And it's not like to have an obsession over it, but to think I have to do everything. I have to work as hard as I can to work out my salvation here with fear and trembling. Yeah. That that too is something we have to remember. 
I don't know if I have it in here. I have a giant. So because of the the particular uh, big project we're working on at the Augusta Institute, I have a book this thick next to bedside now on hell. <laughs> and it's the stories of saints and realities. And one thing that it's funny that Father Burfitt says that today. One thing that Father Nolan said this morning was, um, you know, we we cannot live in this pendulum where we go God's mercy at the at the expense of God's justice. And then on the opposite side, right, the, the errors of Jansenism, where it's God's judgment at the expense of his mercy. And so, you know, it's it's like perfect contrition and imperfect contrition, right? It's not it's choosing not to it's choosing not to do evil because we dread the loss of heavens and the pains of hell, which is perfectly satisfactory because that still kind of can course virtue and goodness, obviously, choosing not to do evil. But God comes comes down not just to to give us that kind of imperfect, oh, if you do this, I'm gonna smite you sort of way, right? It's instead entering into well, and and I think with our lady especially, like it's about how God really radically in a way that we can't even we can't even fathom how deep God loves us. God loves us more than we love ourselves. Oh yeah. You know, that's and how how to work that out. God wants, you know, no longer slaves, I call you friends. God loves us so much that he allowed himself to take on the form not just of a man, but as we say to take on the form of a slave and and allowed himself to be subject. This is a crazy thing, right? Because Mary was his mother. So the holy family, you know, Saint Joseph, our lady, the most perfect creature ever created, and our Lord, you know, and and Christ allowed himself to be subject to his to his earthly parents in that sort of well, because obedience to your parents there is obedience to his heavenly father and our heavenly father. Um, and so it's just amazing. It's amazing how um, the entirety of the scripture stories, the entirety of, of salvation history, so much of it is a quest of us to get back with the father and to not leave the graces of our Lord. But a lot of it too is amazing because it is God actively seeking us out. When when Adam and Eve sin, God's first words after isn't, ah, I knew this was gonna happen, 2.0, here we go. Gotcha. Got him. You're on <laughs> candid camera, suck. <laughs> uh, but it's, where are you? I mean, that's, that's amazing because God obviously knows where Adam is, obviously. Well, he knows where they are, but where are you in the spiritual sense, you know? God is that is that father in the prodigal son story. Um, I didn't make it off in this, but I'm just I'm just so amazed sometimes by how there's such a such a fallen desire to choose our own evils every single time to choose hell, right? Because God didn't send people to hell to choose hell. And if we could just see, and sometimes we get this reality, God gives us that glimpse. But man, we really really internalize just how much He loves us and how much the joys of heaven will be if we just stay in his grace we would never sin we would if we could if we could develop the hatred of sin that he has you know um one last thing i'll say about the book is one of the things it talks about is not just the pains of hell and the, the torments of hell but of course it gets into purgatory and purgatory is gonna suck <laughs> oh, yeah. because it because it's burning away our imperfections and so i think that sometimes like that's the thing I really struggle with, right? Because I, like, jokes are a perfect example. There's sometimes, like, you make kind of, like, an immodest joke, or, like, a lewd joke or whatever, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll catch that charge. <laughs> yeah, that's worth a little yeah, bit of purgatory, right? right? Oh, whatever. And I know that, like, uh, if I don't develop that, like, horror for all sin, I'm going to be there, God willing, if I get to purgatory by the skin of my teeth, I'm be, I, you know, before, because there, there is fire. The fires of hell 
um, they some some saints say are the same as a fire as a purgatory. The difference is how they are how they are administered. For the damned, it's torment, the rejection of God. For those in purgatory, it's the love of God burning away imperfections. It's the it's the it's the uh, the fires of loss or our, our not loss. That's hell. Our realization of our attachments to 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 minor sins that never should have been there, groaning for yeah. the fullness of God. So. Yeah, purgatory is, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of people joking around about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, purgatory, you know. Purgatory is not a fun place to be, people. You don't want to be in purgatory. It's not a waiting room. I it's wish not a waiting it was. Room. It's, not a, it's not a waiting room. Yeah. There's this there's this funny movie. I, don't, I can't remember if it's like, I don't think it's like too inappropriate where I would, I would suggest you never watch it. It's called Risk Cutters, A Love Story. It's like this indie film. Um the premise is some guy kills himself and then he like ends up in purgatory and it's mm. like, he like falls in love with some chick in purgatory and then they both wake up in the hospital or something. It's not like that. <laughs> like this it's not some bad love thing. story, some like indie film, like this is yeah. suffering to an extreme end. Yeah. But how many, how many tools our blessed Lord gives us? How many tools God gives us? Look at how many devotions there are out there that really help us to sanctify our life. The scapular is a perfect mm -hmm. example. The scapular too is one of those things that are just misunderstood, you know, like the Sabatine promise that is attached to the scapular. It is wholly dependent on whether or not you pray the rosary every day. Mm. And it's like, like, oh, I mean, shouldn't that, I was thinking about this the other day, cause I'll be honest with you. Um, my prayer life at the moment is it's like not it's not very strong you know i'll be honest with you i'll be honest with all of you're, you guys you're an extremely listening. good company yes because you know we just had a baby and we're trying to get acclimated but at the same time it's not that we don't have enough time for our devotions or anything like that it's just that well we just choose our, not to our willpower is just yeah. not there you know yeah. like because of many things like we're not we're not sleeping as much but i'm not making an excuse for that it's just it's weak and i was thinking the other day as i was like spending some time in entertainment i was like i'm fully aware that this is not the best way for me to use my time right now and i'm i'm thinking about the scapular and i'm like i really should be praying my rosary and how much uh how much you know desire we need to have for 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 that for to follow these devotions you know to actually like fulfill our promises to god mm -hmm. in the simplest ways like yeah it's pathetic like rosary takes 20 minutes yeah you know like yeah. even less you know it's just that's one of those things but god gives us so many devotions um and to like bring it back into the the seven sorrows devotion i don't know if our our friend um was asking specifically about the devotion, but I, I think we should talk about it because it's mm -hmm. a really excellent one. No, yeah, please, by all means, let's let's hit it because I think that, you know, overview, but it is devotional, you know, we, ha we have to meditate upon the fact that our lady went through these things, so. Yeah, so have you ever had this suggested to you in, in penance or anything like that? I'm not that bad, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you have to be like, well, little what POS. Did, what did you do? Right, like, like, I don't know. <laughs> what's the worst penance you've ever had oh okay well i mean oh, I, was... I don't know if we should share that well but... we can we're allowed to see the seal of confession we... goes one way but not the other i've heard that we shouldn't share our penance because people might 
take that as advice for their sin that might be similar or something like that. That's also like don't play violent video games because they might like you obviously like your priest will prescribe, you know. Sure. But I think it's important sure. because I think well, I think sometimes you can joke about penance. Like, you know, you have a story where remember what your penance was? Um No. What story oh, is that? You either had one where it was not tried to just be a good person or something like that, but we've all had like that kind of penance. <laughs> right? Where it's like, well just being a little nicer to your and i'm like okay that's 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 fair but um you know I, I guess you one, your that. joke one was you had to sit through you had to sit through a pretty bad mass do you remember oh <laughs> right, yeah my penance that yeah i remember now yeah you know. i think that might have been the worst one uh-huh yeah. i yeah yeah i mean i i've never had so i guess like I mean, everyone like, here's a funny thing. I've been actually kind of reworking my brain and it's funny how humans are, right? But technically speaking, the what's the difference between one rosary and one Hail Mary and when it comes to penance? Like if you're given one Hail Mary, like the, the idea of prayer, it's like, it's not, you know, it's the quality, not the quantity. You should, you should get your prayer in. Like it's exactly even, right. So it's yeah. like, if you're given just one Hail Mary, you're not like, oh, I just got off the hook. It's like, listen, you better pray that Hail Mary with like, your whole soul, all of sin. It's not like, you know, as opposed to like, because if we really, if we really were given, um, there's a Milton Friedman quote, which is like, it's thank God we don't get what we deserve. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if we really. Um, if that if, were the case. Yeah. I mean, uh, we would still be on our knees for this, the smallest, peca, the smallest peccatores, you know, mm -hmm. popcorn flings at, from nuns. Anyway, I don't, I don't remember kind of the worst penance I've ever gotten. If I, I wish I had like a funny kind of story. I've had confessions that I think were just bad confessions. I had a priest mm. stop me twice. I've had a priest stop me, but the first time it happened, it was not, a, it was not good, right? And tell me that something what that I thought was a sin wasn't a sin, and I don't know if I, you know, what I was trying to get at was that I was, I was. Um, and it's like there's, there's sometimes that's true. Like sometimes there's like a matter of scrupulosity and all these other kinds of things. And oh, so, yeah. you know, but mm -hmm. in this particular case, I feel like the, the priest stopping me just for that little point had derailed me so much. And he was just kind of being like a little hostile. And I was just like, Padre, like, I oh, thank you for the thank you for the salutary information. <laughs> trying to be a. I'm trying not to get another charge in here, which is like, and I, you know, disrespected a priest. <laughs> you got murdered in the confession. Right, you know, my last sin is, and I rolled my eyes at a priest multiple occasions through a confession. <laughs> Real quick, I got to tell this story. Yes, um, you do. And it's a, it's a cautionary tale. So I'm not just saying this just to like scandalize you guys. So yeah, I was at this, this hermitage for mass one time and um, the... The church itself is very odd in, in the fact that it's round. And, you know, when we talk about round churches, people know what that is, but this is like an extreme. So you start off is sitting down. Um, and then afterwards, when the consecration is about to start, they have everybody stand up and you go and you stand in this big circle around the altar. When and was this? How, how long ago was this? I want to say this was like 2016. Okay. So you didn't know better. <laughs> Actually, no. When was this? When was the Trump election? Was 2000? 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. 2016. Mm -hmm. So um, they have you go and stand around this altar, this, this altar in this weird round room. And it's like almost being in like a Greek temple. It's very odd. Yeah, I can and see then, pictures of it. 
My first red flag was that they made a stand for the consecration, which is very odd. Nobody was kneeling. And then um, second red flag was they used leavened bread, which is a big no-no in the the Latin, right? No for the Latin, right? Yeah. So you can't use leavened bread. And um, I had to go to confession, so I didn't receive Holy Communion, but I might think that would be, it might've been an invalid mass. So um, then afterwards, because I wanted to go to confession, I, I got one of the brothers because, you know, it's a hermitage. So all the people that were there, most of them were just, they're just brothers. And mm-hmm. um, just because you're part of a um, part of a hermitage doesn't mean that you're, you might be a priest. You know, some of them are just brothers. They're just yeah. living out their vocation that way. So I flagged one down and I said, Hey, can one of you guys hear my, my confession? Is there a priest available? And he says, and I should have walked away at this moment when he said this, but he said, yeah, let me see if one of the deacons can do it. And I was just like, I think maybe he just missed, he just like miss said that, like he just meant to say priest, but he said deacon instead. So I just kind of went with it. But sure enough, when I was done with the confession, um, I think it was a deacon. He didn't even give me the words of absolution. So I was like, so am I good? And he's like, yep, you're good. But I left and I kind of, I felt like maybe that was a valid confession. So don't go there for mass. <laughs> don't avoid it if you go through Big Sur, which I don't think you can go to Big Sur anyway, because the roads are always like mudslide, wrecked and destroyed anyway. Right. So beautiful place. Wow. I'll miss it when I, when I leave California. <laughs> anyway, cautionary ta- tale, just since we're talking about confession and, you know, that sort of thing and, and devotions. <clears throat> this, this is the beauty about Latin mass and traditional Catholicism, because once you find a place like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is good. Unless it's, yeah. that's not true, though. Unless, Unless the Society saying, of Pius V, set of a contest, yada, yada, yeah. yada. <laughs> or like, I don't know. I have friends and family who are independents. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't can't get behind the independent movement i i sympathize i should say i sympathize or empathize with with the traditional movement i i've heard the stories and stuff how hard it was yeah you know when the mass was abrogated uh unjustly but ah there's so many options now like well, why are you independent? just not called to despair i think that I, I think that despair is you know every every facet of the church has one or, you know, many problems, but there are a couple of problems that emphasize in places as otherwise, right? Yeah. I think it's, I think we, you know, we've been talking about doing a video, just kind of just generally talking about the, the little points of, of traditional Catholicism or the traditional movement, I should say, that we're just like, hey, let's, you know, I think that we have a tendency for Jansenism and disparity sometimes. There are some members, right, who are just so like over scrupulosity is a big one, you know? Like there are, there are, you know, um, I'm, I kind of reject being like, oh, yeah, the whole movement's rad trads and mad trads because it's demonstrably not. Most people are wonderful, good. That's normal people doing the thing. But, yes, you have to admit that, yeah, there are some – you encounter people. This is the thing. It's not just anecdotal. Sometimes you encounter people. You're like, okay, like, let's just pump the brakes just a little bit, you know. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you're an independent, you're, like, a rad trad no, or No, yeah. I, it's I, I not that. Yeah, it's just that there's certain – it's just, it's the ideology though. Certain it's ideas like, that you can't get yeah. behind like set up or that are really murky. Mm-hmm. 
like super gray yeah, when you well, don't have is, to be too gray. This is my whole thing on set of incontism. It's like, at the end of the day, it's not a lack of sympathy, right? I mean, um, what's the line from Lord of the Rings, right? Pity, it was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Like Bilbo right. couldn't do his thing because he took pity on Gollum. And as a result, we're in this mess. So it's not a matter of pity I'm into. It's a matter of fantasy. And so they're just a couple of Kool-Aid swallows you have to believe that I don't think make for a good and productive Catholic church. Far easier is it to go, wow, our ladies warned about this and now we're in the pits and this is what it looks like. Like that's way easier than me like, oh, well, there's just no way to resolve this until our Lord comes. Right. Um, so. And that that's, you know, just maybe that's the kind of suffering we have to endure. Right. Like set of a is too easy. It's like it's right. it, it fits too perfect. Um, right. Anyway, so let's jump <laughs> let's jump back into the devotion. Yeah. Sorry, we we deviated there, but they love um, it. We love it. <laughs> it's a good uh, deviation. This, this Stay is away a really from that. huh? I said it's a good deviation. Stay away from there. People. Don't <laughs> go to the new camel uh, camel doli hair. Yeah, don't definitely don't go to this. They're not traditional Latin, right? I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but um, it's they might not even be Catholic. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad experience so um back to the devotion this was a devotion uh based around these seven sorrows of our blessed mother it's uh i've gotten this as a, a penance for a couple of times now I, I guess some priests are just really devoted to it and um you know they know about it and then they they promulgate it around their their uh laity yeah. but um this devotion was given to saint bridget and it has certain uh, certain graces, certain promises attached to it, which are uh, are, are really cool. Um, something to it's a devotion to add to your your toolkit, you know. And practically speaking, I like doing this on on Fridays or days of penance um, because the the verbiage that is associated with it, and even just like if you think about it, like the experiences of our Blessed Mother really help us to understand. Uh, how much we have to suffer in penance, you know? So um, without further ado, the, um, the graces attached, the promises attached to this devotion are uh, sevenfold. And uh, number one is I will grant peace to their families, which is really cool. Uh, everybody needs a little bit of peace for their family. Uh, I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, families are just imperfect. And yep. uh, some people have really cool families and that's that's great, but that's just not, the reality for most people. So I will grant peace to their families. Uh, number two, they will be enlightened about divine mysteries. Yes, of course. Um, and, and this is, this kind of speaks also to the rosary itself. Um, when you meditate on the, the divine mysteries of, um, of our lady and our, our blessed Lord's life, of course, you're going to be enlightened about it because you're going to be thinking about them even more. Um, number three, I will console them in their pains and I will accompany them in their work. I mean, that's huge, man. Like to know you're not suffering alone. And then also I will accompany them in their work. Mm. I mean, who, who would be better to help you with your work? Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, can you think of a better, a better person? Like the most perfect person in the world is going to help you with your work. That's incredible. I think work here is like they're working, working out their salvation. I'm not sure what the mm -hmm. context is, but I think that might be what it is. Um, 
And then number four, I will give them as much as they ask for, as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine son or the sanctification of their souls. So this is properly ordered. Um, uh, this is like a, a properly ordered, um, uh, what's the word? Um, a properly ordered giving of everything yeah. that you need for for um, a certain project, for example, or you know, a certain desire that you have, as long as it's a holy desire. Uh, number five, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. Hello, number five. I mean, that is huge. Tremendous. And just that alone, if that was the only promise, like think of the spiritual war that we're 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 fighting right now. This mm. is huge. This is like calling in. This is this, calling in the artillery. Yeah, know? this is calling in the, the this is the Navy SEAL strike force because <laughs> Our Lady has the great a great honor, one of the greatest honors ever bestowed besides being Theotokos herself, of crushing the enemy's head at the end of time. This is not something that might happen. This is something that will happen, um, and Satan knows it. So to be able so when when Our Lady is involved, as she's often invoked, obviously in exorcism as well as her daily devotions, it's the big guns, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the enemy is terrified of her because he knows what's going to happen. Oh yeah, and you're yeah you're right. I mean, in, in exorcisms, the demons are afraid of our Blessed Mother. They they, they even they're they're so um, they're so affected even by her name. Yeah, that they can't even use it. So um, number six, I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. Which is another cool thing because it is said, I can't remember who said it, which saint talked about it. It was one of the mystics, uh, but they talk about what it is to die. And it really is a war between good yeah. and evil. The, the, the enemy is really fighting to, to get your soul. And um, to have the consolation of, of having our blessed mother there is a big comfort for people to pass mm -hmm. on with a sense of peace and, um, you know, hopefully in a state of grace. And number seven, I have obtained <clears throat> from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dolors will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness since all their sins will be forgiven. And my son and I will be their eternal consolation and joy. Cool. I guess we'll end here, Jordan. Uh, let's just end the podcast. We uh, have promulgated this devotion. Uh huh. So, so thank you, thank you, madam. Uh <laughs> so we just got our plane ticket. Right. We go into heaven. We. This means we're guaranteed salvation, right, Rudy? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Basically. Um. Obviously, that's not. That's not the case. Um. But this seventh promise is important in that we can we can spread about a, a way for people to sanctify their souls a little bit more. And that, that is something that is efficacious for our salvation. And it's, again, it's not, it, this devotion is not meant to replace the rosary. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's meant to be something that would accompany the rosary. Yeah. And it's really quick and easy to pray this. Um, but obviously you should be putting all of your mental power when you're praying, praying this. And essentially what, what it looks like is, um, you you repeat the angelic salutation, Ave Maria, and um, 
and then you meditate on the on the um, on the sorrow and then there's um actually what it is you meditate on the the on the sorrow and then there's also attached to it a, a little bit of information about how for example we have um we've added to the sorrow and then we pray hail mary and then we go to the next one mm -hmm. so for the first one the prophecy of simeon um, the scripture is, and Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and the resurrection of many in Israel and for a sign, which shall be contradicted and thy own soul, a sword shall pierce that out of many hearts thoughts may be revealed. So this is what Jordan had mentioned a few minutes back where he was talking about, um, what exactly Simeon was revealing to our blessed mother that she would experience basically Basically, she knows that that this is our this is the Messiah, and she's going to get to experience everybody rejecting him, you know, and putting him on a cross and torturing him before that, you know, all, all of those things. And so then the meditation is: How great was the shock to Mary's heart at hearing the sorrowful words in which Holy Simeon told the bitter passion and death of her sweet Jesus? Since in that same moment she realized in her mind all the insults, blows, and torments which the impious men were to offer to the redeemer of the world. And that always gets me. Like when you think about the, the, the passion of our blessed Lord, like you think about people spitting and punching God, God made, made man, God who took on our flesh to perfect us, to die upon the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. And in those final moments before this is all accomplished and, and really like the most important moment in the entire history of the world is, is is happening they literally beat him and scourge him on a pillar yep. like that they, always it's such a crazy thing to think about they rend his garment asunder and cast lots for them they literally steal his clothes mm -hmm. that's crazy so then it continues uh but still a sharper sword pierced her soul it was the thought of men's ingratitude to her beloved son and that's really what it boils down to this ingratitude that men have uh for our blessed lord and you see it all the time i mean I wonder sometimes if God has given me this cross because I sometimes see things that are just like so downright sacrilegious and mm -hmm. just awful. And it's horrendous to see that. And, and that's, I mean, our blessed mother got to experience that uh, in a, in a really raw sense. And yeah. what she witnessed and what our Lord experienced was that only not even the week before or the week before, right? These people yeah. were welcoming it's like false welcome, you know, it's and we do this all the time. You know, I love how when our Lord asks if the son of man should come upon, you know, if the son of man returns, will he find faith upon the earth? Oh, yeah, Lord. Oh, it's easy. Oh, I, you know, I go to mass every Sunday. I say my rosary occasionally. I I have a picture of you on my wall. I have a picture of you as my screen on my phone. Um, oh, yeah, it's easy. But I never really think about you. Or... Yeah, you know, Lord. I mean, Saint Peter. Saint Peter for me is such a such an amazing example because I think Saint Peter's journey is the journey of all of us. You know, when Christ Himself says, uh, "You're going to deny me," He goes, "Lord, I would rather die than deny you." Yeah. And one thing that's you know the emphasis with Our Lady is that she's in Christ's life at all these stages. She doesn't run away. She doesn't turn away once. I mean, 
men who are bigger and burlier than her and who have been given a particular kind of authority and things like that, you know, I mean, they all ran away. At the yeah. end of the day, it was her and it was St. John. That was yep. all that was left, you know? Mary and, Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene, right? And yep. it's it's amazing how how easy it is, I think, for us to fall into this mode where we're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to take all my sufferings. I'm going to do this for Jesus. I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow him. And then, you know, there are times where, like, push comes to shove and you can freeze up or you can, God willing, you know, um, when it, when they talk about the final battle, which you mentioned earlier, and we are we are surrounded by really radically by angels and by demons we are surrounded by saint joseph and our lady and our lord and what we are hoping for is this is the final moment in in the life of a sinner to where they can make a final penitence or final impenitence mm. this is the final moment where the, the the whole grace of the church is poured out upon the soul god's grace poured out upon because god desires salvation even if you're the last worker in the vineyard god desires your salvation but we yeah. cannot pretend that there is not the devil tempting with despair and with blasphemies and these sorts of things because the devil delights in every soul that is cast into hell who chooses yeah. him especially at the end and um you know because the, the project we're doing right now is on death and dying um i've been spending a lot of time really meditating upon not just death, but also suffering in that sort of way. And, yeah. and, and I've been reading, um, I, I want to get more and more verse with them, but the, the Huron martyrs, St. Jean de Brebeuf and St. Jacques Jogues, I mean, these guys, they died, um, you know, administering these people, they died horrible ways. And the martyrs die in the most terrible ways. You can't even imagine it all the time. There are martyrs who are dying to this day. Um, that we don't yeah. even think about. And there, it's always terrible. And you, you look at these things and you go, you know, it's one thing to kind of look at a holy card with with a saint. And then you read the story and it's like, oh, yeah. And his um, skin was flayed from his body. And and all and for the Japanese martyrs, something, all they had to do is trample upon an icon of our Lord or an icon of our lady and blaspheme. And that was it. They could go free. And they didn't. And, and they had, they died in ways that were designed to keep them alive as long as possible. The real torment and suffering and I'm just, I'm just very aware that even our sufferings in these lives, in the worst way possible, like the martyrs, it is far better to endure that than even one second of suffering the pains of hell. It's not, it, nothing in this world is worth despair and apostasy. You got to pray for that grace, you know. Yeah. You got to pray yeah, for that know. grace to endure to the end. Um. The last part of this first meditation is uh, an invitation to reflect on how you are a participant of, of all of that suffering that our blessed Lord had to go through. And it says, now consider that because of your sins, you are unhappily among the ungrateful. And this is, um, this is why I like to add this, this devotion to days of penance, because we need to have humiliation. People don't like to have this humiliation. Mm -hmm. you know, who does? I mean, who honestly likes to be humiliated? It's just yeah, people who, <laughs> well, I think, I think of people who have like unhealthy mental desires, you know, like people who are like, oh yeah, like <laughs> put a leash on me. <laughs> well, we, we've lost the idea of what like humiliation in that spiritual sense really means, you know, like, exactly just to its proper conclusion. Yeah. The, this humiliation is meant to, to convert us. Yeah. 
it is an opportunity for us to reflect on, on really our, our, our helplessness in, 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 um, in ourselves and our total uh, dependence on the grace of God, Yeah, you know? So this is something that, that people will shy away from because we live in the world that says you're strong, that you're, you know, you're, you're capable, you're a strong woman. You don't need no man and you don't need no God. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't need anything. You got yourself. And um, unfortunately people think like that and they miss the opportunity to have a, a humiliation for their sins. And, and that, that is the, really the, the, the doorway, the beginning to, to sanctification and, mm. uh, you know, to, to eternity, hopefully to a good eternity. Um, so for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all of them because it's, you know, they're all really good, but I will add, let me see if I could find my favorite one. While you do, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we link this down below too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely link it. Um, I gotta say, I think my favorite one is, um, is actually meeting meeting Jesus on the way to the cross. Mm. I'll read the the meditation for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it says, "Come, O ye sinners, come and see if you can endure so sad a sight. This mother, so tender and loving, meets her beloved son, meets him amid an impious rabble who drag him to a cruel death, wounded, torn by stripes, crowned with thorns, streaming with blood, bearing his heavy cross." Ah, consider my soul, the grief of the Blessed Virgin, thus beholding her son. Who would not weep at seeing his mother's grief, but who also has been the cause of such woe? I, it is I, with my sins, who have so cruelly wounded the heart of my sorrowing mother, and yet I am not moved. I am as a stone when my heart should break because of my ingratitude. Mm. Just the, the, the language of this devotion is so helpful to to meditate on our our uh again our our just our total dependence on god and our our sinfulness you know really awesome devotion we'll we'll definitely link this to the bottom it's um, i am i am struck by how ignatian it really is yeah and those are the kind of devotions that i know really resonate with me because it's it's like put yourself in this place because you did this yeah you know, it's not it's not abstraction or scenario. You actually, there's one thing I remember when I was making my first confession. Um, throughout the whole year, there was something that we were taught that I've I've never shaken. Um, I think it's a beautiful image, but whether it was like the CCD teacher or father himself, but you know, someone said, when you sin, you know, what you're doing is you are tacking on another wound to our Lord on the cross. And what confession does is that, that we have to go to him and in our shame, in our humiliation and in our penitence, we have to tack or nail our sins onto them for Christ, with Christ, I should say, because Christ died for our sins. Um, that image strikes me every single time I go to confession. I can, I, you know, I really try to conjure up the image of our blessed Lord suspended on the cross for the salvation of the world. And I wretched sinner that I am going up there with my list of sins and devastating it, you know, cause that's what we do. Moral and venial. That's what we do. I'm glad you shared that. Cause you know, that's, that's an image that we should think of every single day. 
before we even allow ourselves to gravely sin, mm -hmm. even, even venially, just think about what we're doing every moment, what we're saying, what we're thinking, all of these things have either a good outcome or, or a negative outcome, mm -hmm. you know, and I just went to confession um, yesterday and uh, I hadn't gone in three weeks. And it's just, I realized at that moment, it's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm really in a really strange point. You know, I let my prayer life go to the wind. And sure enough, those things that, um, that I have trouble with, they just come flooding in and, mm -hmm. and it's so easy to actually fall into them when you don't have a, the foundation of a prayer life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, you, you think about, you conjure that image of nailing. That's such a visceral image of just yeah. nailing a cross every time you sin. It's crazy, but you know, it's I, true. It's, and one thing that you said earlier, which is so true is, you know, it's like God gives us an overabundance of resources, mm -hmm. his grace, you know, my grace is sufficient for thee. He gives us so much opportunity as a father ought to, I mean, he is, he is the most spoiling father you can possibly imagine because <laughs> yeah. again, he protects us from the horrors of our own sin. If mm -hmm. we really knew the spiritual realities which are true weight, even our venial sins, I mean, we'd be, we, we couldn't, we can't comprehend hell. No. We can't yeah. comprehend purgatory. We can't, and we can't comprehend heaven. You know, we, we are, we, we, in our bodies simply cannot, we're reductive creatures. Words cannot put in exactly what, what these realities are, but you know, I was thinking about the fact that like, for, for some of our viewers, this might be new, but with the remembrance of our baptism when we cross ourselves with holy water, this is something that wipes away venial sins. Um, when the confitior in mass, this wipes away venial sins. I mean, there's there's stupid amount of resources. How many times do you flip through your missile and you see a devotional and it's like a very end in parentheses, it's like, oh, partial indulgence. Right. Like, you're just like, what? I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, my. It, it, it does wipe out the, the venial sin. I just wanted to add, but it doesn't take away the actual. Yeah. It doesn't take away the temporal punishment. Temporal to, punishment for that. Let me, so. let me tell you a funny story. You're going to love this, right? Poor. <laughs> I was probably three years. I was probably like 10 or something like that. Right. And I was, so I, I received my first communion and I'd received Eucharist and I, I've never, thank God, this isn't a, this isn't like a, Oh, good for me. But I just don't recall any moment in my life where I really just doubted these things. Right. I may mm. not known about the, the depth of them because one never can fully, but I, I'm very fortunate because I, um, almost sometimes I will say it's kind of really sounds really stupid, but almost like a hint of not envy, but you know, like, like when someone's gone through like a struggle being away from the faith and then they come <laughs> back, like, it's just like how God celebrates with the rejoicing of like the lost sheep. And I'm yeah. like in the 99 sometimes like, well, that's cool. <laughs> like yeah. those, cause those stories make for the best sort of story. So I, you know, and so I, I rejoice, you know, but what I was going to say is I remember sitting in a restaurant arguing with my dad at like 10 years old and being like, I don't understand. Like my dad was like, listen, like you go to confession, but the temporal punishment of these sins remains. So you still have to spend time in purgatory. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. God forgave my sin, whatever. He's like, yes, yes. God forgave it. But you have to remain. And, you know, the analogy that he used was, okay, you broke a, your neighbor's window, just threw a rock and chucked it through, right? And you go over there and you go, listen, hey, I'm sorry for breaking your window. And your neighbor says, I forgive you. Okay, well, you still have to pay for the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you really want to be apologetic, you know, you have to, um, 
And so it's, it's just funny because I could just see, yeah. I just see me arguing over my little bean burritos at this Mexican restaurant telling my dad <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. What a wholesome dad story. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> what a, what an amazing dad. That's crazy. Mm, well, he's been, he's been my primary, he's the reason I am what I am now for better or for worse. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds, so I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say, you know, fathers, you know, if you're a father and you're listening to this, you know, you got, you got a lot of work to do. You're That's, just saying that now because you're a father. No, I'm not. I mean, well, yeah, I have a, a sort of sense of uh, urgency now that I didn't have before, you know, but uh, I still think like there's still time before I have to actually figure that out a little bit, but well, you know, but I'm making my game plan. I'm happy. You know, fatherhood suits you. And I hope, I hope that uh, we're on that, that path soon, you know, dude, you too, man. I mean, I, I'll never forget that one time I, I you were babysitting somebody's kids or somebody. Uh-huh. Or some, something, those, I don't those know. Little, little black kids. Cool, yeah. Yeah. You had yeah. a bunch of kids with you and, and Jen was with you that day. And it's just like, whoa, he's a dad. There is, you know, I, the world hates family so much. What we've seen in like Texas, right? Like mm-hmm. now it's the fact that like abortion is such a sacrament, such a sacrament to these, to the worldlings. And it's, it's so unfortunate because A, it's sacrifices to ball. It's literally the blood of children. Um, you know, I mean, just how many poor babies, but you just really see like, can you just imagine for somebody who like, so Biden did this the other day, right? Where he was like, well, uh, the church says life begins at conception. I respect that, but I disagree. And I was like, why are we still arguing this? Like, why is this, why is this still a thing? Yeah, like we knew that already. Yeah, well, US, like, well, apparently the USCCB can't make up no. their mind to deny him communion or not. He certainly isn't being denied in Wilmington. And listen, I'm not sinner that I am. I'm not. The thing about this is that Father Nolan talked about this again with love and children. The problem with the, one of the problems with the church right now is that it, the church is not treating us as children. Children, in order to love your child, you have to discipline your child. Just oh, yeah. like when 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 you and I, when we've gone to a good confession, and the priest, you know. Like, it's, like it's, not a, it's not a man be pan be confession. And like the priest doesn't have to like sit over and murder you. But like when you go to confession, you're like, okay, this gives me a, a glimpse at my sorrow, at my wretchedness. And that's good because that helps inspire contrition instead of, oh, well, everybody does that. Oh, no problem. Whatever, whatever. Right. The church, the reason why the church excommunicates is not out of hatred and not out of willing people to go to hell. It's out of love. It says you've gone so astray that you need to publicly know that you're not in the graces of God currently. Yeah. And um, and so the church has always excommunicated public sinners and apostates. And the problem now is that we have an entire generation of people running around who fundamentally believe in universalism. As long as they're a good person, everybody goes to heaven who can who believe that you can have a private disagreement but completely in the face of publicity, change your story. And this is why I emphasize with St. Peter again, because St. Peter tells our Lord, Lord, I would rather die than betray you. And then publicly when he is, when he is called to collect in on that, he says, I do not know the man, you know, and curses and curses about it too. Um, And so it's, it's something that, you know, this is, we're not talking about some like, person in like the small corner of the world we're talking about the well it used to be a free world we're talking about a <laughs> you know the apparent president of the united states and i'm just like man i don't think because i know of that poor catechesis some of these people have received 
I mean, you know the truth at that point. You don't live 80 years on this life without hearing it. You know the church's position. You just literally choose to disagree with it. And because you've always received communion or because you've always done this or this or this, you really do believe this is why hardening of our hearts towards the end is a dangerous thing. Because you really do in your soul believe, oh, I'm good and I'm not going to listen to my mother. You really do put yourself above the judgment of God. Yeah. And so we all go to our eternal reward. So... You know, I was I was doing this in mass because it's very easy to, um, and this devotion really helps out. It's so it's so easy for us to sometimes rightly so you, by by their fruits you shall know them. It's so easy sometimes to go well. Thank God I'm not like the <laughs> right the hypocrites or the, the yeah, right. and stuff. But then you meanwhile really, the hypocrites just like pouring his heart out. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the, well, the hypocrites pouring his heart out, and I really this is why I really do. I pray genuinely for. Um, for Pope Francis and for Joe Biden, because I judging by their fruits, it doesn't seem to me that we are holding the same faith. Yeah. If, if men who are public and in the world really knew or spoke as if they knew of these realities, sometimes I don't think that they would do the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get into it more because I'm completely in belief that you can judge a president and you cannot judge a Pope. I completely submit to the judgment of God and God's mercy as well as his justice. But um, I want to jump in on uh, St. Peter. The the homily today was so good. I I really think that it would help people to to watch it because Father Burford talks about Peter um, because the um, because it was the external solemnity of St. Pius X, which is celebrated. in the society this way, um, the Sunday after, like I mentioned, um, gratuitous drinking, (laughs) sometimes there's processions and stuff. Like last year I was in Georgia Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was, I don't know if there's a procession, but it was really a beautiful mass. It was a high mass. Oh, that's good. Um, but father Burford talked about St. Peter in the, in the gospel for, um, St. Pius X, St. Pope Pius X. Um, it talks about, uh, um, our blessed Lord asking St. Peter if he loves him three times. Yeah. And the context is, and father gets, father gets into it. He, he talks about the context is that Peter at that particular moment in time could only give him filial love, which is like kind of like the bottom rung of the types of love that you can give, you know, there's filioque, which is filial love. There's mm-hmm. um, agape love, which I think agape, agape is the most, perfect one yeah and then there's uh there's eros eros um and then there's there's another uh another one that always hides out you guys if you know in the in the comments just put them in the comments dear viewer Mm -hmm. um but he talks about how saint peter at that particular moment moment in time could only give him filial love and it had to take the rest of saint peter's life in order, uh, in order uh, for for him to actually grow in that love enough for him to die upside down on the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, I just wanted to share that because that's, I mean, that's part of, we're talking about suffering too. And sometimes, you know, God understands where you're at at this particular moment, but that's not to say you should stay there. It's an yeah. invitation to go deeper. And the deeper you get, the more and more you're able to, 
to devote your life and to fall ever more in love with our blessed Lord mm-hmm. enough to die, maybe upside down on the cross, like St. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why in the, uh, by the way, Storge, that's the one we're thinking of. That's the love between family Storge. members. Yeah. Storge. I know I always see, I don't have a daughter, so it doesn't really like, I don't get it. I'm still in the arrows phase. If you know what I mean? So <laughs> Storge, that sounds Storge. like stork it looks like storge like it looks like storage without an a is what it looks like but it's storge <laughs> um yeah and it's such an interesting line in the gospel of john where he says that right because it says and in this matter he was prophesying peter's death mm-hmm. and you're like wow i didn't get i didn't get that from the text at all but it's like no the 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 root of love the root of agape love right christ tells us there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends Yep. So, I sent you the, uh, the link in the chat. So if oh, you want good. to put that in later, but we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a beautiful, you know, quick before census fidelium snaps it up. <laughs> so, so as we wind down, Rudy, um, give some of your, let's give some of our favorite titles for our lady or like the ones that kind of resonate with us. Cause there's a bajillion of them and they're all beautiful, holy, and good. Um, but I know that like our lady works in our lives in such different ways and at different stages. So I, there are some titles that I particularly re- re- um, move with, you know, at, at this particular point in my life. So what are, what are some for you? For sure. Our lady of sorrows. I have a, mm-hmm. a devotion to, to our lady of sorrows because, um, we were consecrated to Jesus through Mary yeah. on, on that particular feast day, um, a long time ago now, I don't remember which year it was. Um, and also co-redemptrix is, is my, my favorite too. Um, well, my second favorite, uh, mm-hmm. well, they're both. I mean, they're all, reasons. yeah, there's a potato. What about you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I love our lady of victory, which is now our lady of the rosary. The reason Let's why is because, yo, Lepanto, put your foot on an ottoman. Um, <laughs> I mean, what a, what a perfect example in the church of our lady's intervention. I mean, a battle that should not have happened when it happened saved, uh, the faith. At a, at a time when there was an Islamic invasion threatening all of Europe and there was a Protestant revolution in the North. I know. Well, this is why <laughs> I was reading an article. I think it was Crisis Magazine or 1 Peter 5 has a great article right now about how Our Lady will, uh, you know, uh, will d- defeat Islam because Islam is like the Islam is one of those like synthesis of errors, you know, which is why. I've said this to our audience. This is like, this is my black pill take. I don't think it's really that controversial, but there's just no way that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. The, the theology behind Allah and the theology behind our Trinitarian God is so radically different that Very where, different. where we're taught and even Jews are taught to call God father that changed their entire relationship. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, and Muslims uh, can't fathom it's a blasphemy people yeah. because, or God coming into the world. Yeah. Because you cannot reduce God to a human thing to reduce, to reduce God in any way in Islam. And this re- reduce, they're using not in the way that we would think about reduction. Right. But to reduce God to this human level is a blasphemy against God. So it's not, it's not out of love, right? It's, it's Allah is master and we are his slaves. And for us, it's no longer slaves. I call you friends, mm-hmm. you know? So when Paul says Paul saved Jesus Christ, you know, it, it means all the more because it's voluntary servitude in this sort of way. Um, anyway, that's just a little aside. Uh, God bless Our Lady of the Rosary. I, I love Our Lady of Perpetual Help. I think. Oh, that's, yeah. You know, a good image, too. Really it's good a image. beautiful image. You know, 
By the um, way, this viewer too, he asked us to do a video on, on, on images and decor. We're definitely going to do that. It's a great yo, suggestion. Thank that's you your that. domain, especially I've, your, your craft videos on our channel are so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is your, do you have a particular, um, you know, our lady is, is of all these different places, right? I mean, our lady Guadalupe, for instance, is the patron of the Americas. Mm -hmm. Is there an our lady title that you kind of vibe with the most an apparition apparition one or like you know a look father is it okay for us to say hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah ah, there's a charge oh, you can't escape <laughs> i've been i've been playing a, a fallout 4 and one of the the sound bites whenever you level up or something like that uh or you find a particular item your character says hell yeah what so, is there has to be what is it like story that story behind that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, i don't know you know um but uh yeah for me our lady of knock because i've actually been there oh, yeah that's right in that's ireland you proposed to your wife right yeah i proposed to ashley there at mm. the the shrine of our lady of knock uh really really cool story behind it um it was a rain like a, it was a dark and stormy night <laughs> <laughs> dark and stormy night in ireland gee that sounds like almost any other night you know because it's always raining there uh, mm. But um, there were some people gathered outside of the, the gable of the church. So the gable is like one of the main walls, like the structure of a church. And um, it, was, it was just like pouring down rain. And they looked up at the, the gable and there was a vision of Our Lady with um, St. John, uh, uh, John the Baptist. I mean, he's a saint too. Yeah. Uh, John the Baptist. And also, um, our Lord was there, but in the figure of a lamb with a crown. Mm. And so it was. It was. Um, it was this apparition uh, at Knock, and um, I can't remember if they. One of the miracles associated with it is that they were dry. Maybe I'm confounding that with Fatima. With Fatima. But I think maybe they were dry too. Well, if God, if you know, if, if Our Lady does does it so well in one place, I would just, I would just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's miraculous to see this, so, right? Yeah. Then um, there's other miracles associated with it, uh, with it, I think, but I don't know them off the top of my head right now. I'd have to look into them. But Our Lady Knock for sure. What about you? You know, I I go to Our Lady Mount Carmel, and considering beautiful church, yeah, it, it's beautiful. Oh, Kenno. gorgeous! God, damn, I'm jealous. You know, it's it's all. It's the beauty of the, you know, this is the, this is the political answer, right? Or the, the right answer, which is the beauty of, of a church is its, is its solemnity of its mass. So as long as the mass is said reverently and as holy as we can make it, then it's perfect. But yeah. on a human level, yeah, it's pretty lit. Yeah. <laughs> it's gorgeous, man. I know. Well, I mean, they, I remember going there when it was kind of all white and they had just gone, or they hadn't just gotten it, but it had to have been really only five years after Samorum. So it's kind of it's such a journey, like my own spiritual journey right there. But, you know, I have, I'm, I'm a, I, I wear the brown scapular and I go to Mount Carmel. And so there's a, there's a very particular place in my heart for Our Lady Mount Carmel. Um, you know, so many of my titles that I love for her are not really based around a place because I've never made like a devotional pilgrimage to like one of these places just yet of apparitions or there's something. some here in America. Did you know that? There's a ton. There's one in Wisconsin. Wait a minute. You have. You've been to Our Lady of La Leche. When? That's where you met our friends. Uh, shout out to uh, to Sal and and his wife. Oh, really? Well, that was just a complete coincidence. I didn't realize that there was an apparition down there. I don't know if where you met them was an apparition, but there is a, there is a Marian 
shrine mm. there. Oh, right. I don't, we well, tried to get in. I'll wow, clarify. Of course. I'll I'm clarify. Sorry. It's not it's not an apparition site, but it is okay. a Marian shrine. A Marian shrine. shrine. Our That's Lady of La Leche. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You know, how silly me. I, we tried to get in, but it was, it was closed. We were there too late. Yeah, Sal um, and Trisha. Yes. Yeah. Shout out. Love you guys. You, you guys, guys are, are great. I'm so happy I saw you in St. Augustine. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What a small world it is. God, God be praised. But no, I mean, I think that, you know, our, our Lady Hope of Christians, you know, comfort for the, for the dying. Um, all these things are just, it's amazing when you read her titles. And it's good because something that we've forgotten is that, well, when you're the queen of an empire, and any of our British followers would, would know this, or, or anybody who has any indication of what a monarchy looks like, Empress of India, ruler over here, Lord Protector, blah, blah, blah. Our Lady has these titles too. And there is one last one I want to bring up because I think it's the most fun, which is Our Lady Hammer of Heretics. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Just eating bread. So, you know. Um, He's going bodies. Going bodies, fool. <laughs> hey, fool. Hey, fool. Go body. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what she's going to say before she crushes Satan's head. Be like, <laughs> you picked the wrong day, I say. You're going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> Hey, big boy, playtime's yeah. over. Show me. <laughs> <laughs> Mystical oh. Rose, that's... Mm. It sounds better in Spanish. La Rosa, La Rosa Mystica. Mystica. Yeah. By the way, if you guys think, you know, there was a the really cool brother. Um, he's an Augustinian. Uh, man, his name is slipping in my mind, but he's on Restoring the Faith Media all the time. Um Brother Navarro, he started doing stuff in Spanish. If there's Spanish listeners out there and you want something in Spanish, I was thinking maybe of starting something up. I, but if the, only if there's a demand, because I, you know, I have to struggle through it a little bit because I don't speak Spanish all the time, but I, I am fluent. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think that might be helpful, let us know. Because we're always thinking of ways to grow our our, our podcast a little yeah. bit more. You know. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Oh, right. and the other thing too is I've got 12, thanks to a very generous Yo, benefit. do it, yes. I got 12 really sick stickers. I'm happy to mail. So the first 12 people who say, I want a sticker, will get your information somehow, and I'll mail a sticker to you. So yeah. we got Vegano's Crest, mm -hmm. Zen, Zen. we got Ooh. Glad to be Trad. Yeah. We got some uh, funny boomer ones, like uh, like this one's my favorite. It says... The devil saw me. Hold on, I have to read it. The devil <laughs> saw me with my head down and thought he'd won until I said, Amen. Amen. Which it's a little boomer, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, right. And then St. Michael with the American flag. Mm -hmm. It's not the Dixie flag, so I won't put this up. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. I knew you, Confederate sympathizer. Dixie, Dixie pilled. People can do two things. Um, go ahead and either email us at gladtradpodcast at gmail.com or just hit just hit our Instagram up. So therefore, like your information will be private, right? So hit us up on Instagram at gladtradpodcast. That might be easier. Let's just do that. Okay, that's totally cool. We'll, we'll take a picture, wait for the picture to come up and then send us a direct message. Mm, yeah, we'll be, sure to, we'll be sure to post on Insta too. So if people yeah. want it, they can have it. But yeah, just like, you know, thank you so much for all the support you've you've given. And um, I just want to give a shout out to this yo. generous benefactor. Yeah. Really awesome guy. Rick, if you're watching this, oh, Rick. God I appreciate you, you so mm -hmm. much. Our family appreciates you a lot. Uh, we're so thankful for everything that you've done for us. And uh, thank you so much for your patronage and for getting these printed for us. Cause that's it's really awesome. Thank yeah. you, Rick. And if you could, if everyone could keep 
the repose of the soul of Patrick Davern in your prayers. Patrick Davern was the grandfather of uh, one of my coworkers. And so he, he passed away at, at seemingly, right? As far as we could tell in the friendship of God, um, you know, anointing of the sick, last rites, all that kind of stuff. Just a very, a very strong and steadfast brother in Christ. Um, and so if you could just pray for the repose of his soul, um, that would be wonderful. And obviously for, for all your prayer intentions, um, for Rudy's dad, I'm sure that's always, you know, good. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, but yeah, you know, thank you. Thank you for everybody so much and pray to our lady of sorrows because, and for your own sorrows in your life, we all have little Dolores and little sorrows that we go through. And I think that sometimes it can feel overwhelming or sometimes it could feel so minuscule or so frivolous that, oh, surely God doesn't care or our lady doesn't care. Um, but they do. They, they love us so radically and so deeply. Mary is our mother and, and, and Jesus is our Lord. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking. I found it so helpful in my prayer life that when I'm frustrated or upset about something to just talk to talk to God. And to just open up our hearts and not close ourselves off. Because what our Lord reveals is that he understands. And what our lady reveals is that she understands. They went through sorrows that we can't even imagine. And and they did it for us. So um, this month is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. So uh, we'll link, of course, the devotion down below. It's very short. It's not, it doesn't take too long. No devotion ever takes too long. No. Um, so, you know, if this is if this is something that you're called for in your in your daily prayer regimen, this is the month to do it. So so please, please do it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, everybody. If you liked what we had to say, and let's be honest, we know you did. Blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. And you want to say it, Rudy? What, what are they doing? I want you guys to I'm going to give you a challenge, you know? Yeah. We are living in a time where supposedly it's the new evangelization. You know, and we in this apostolate want to get the good word out, but we need your help. So share this with somebody who you think might enjoy our, mm -hmm. our content, uh, somebody who needs a little bit of a nudge, you know, uh, in their prayer life, get them to watch this video and you never know, they might start praying this great devotion, which will help them to, uh, to turn away from their sinful ways to uh, maybe consider going to confession again. Um, the other thing you can do is you can pray for us. Please. Pray for our families, pray for our, our, our home life and for the, uh, the growth and success of this apostolate. And um, please like the video. It helps us to uh, be discovered on YouTube and also subscribe to our channel. Consider subscribing if you would like to get more content like this. And also subscribe to our uh, Instagram page, which is mm -hmm. our, our main active way of uh, uh, promoting the show besides this. Um, we're also available if you want to do just, um, you know, audio, you're driving to work, you have a long commute, we're available where any podcast can be listened to. We're on Spotify, we're on mm -hmm. Stitcher, we're on Podbean, we're all, all, all over the place, all over the place. Yeah. And again, we appreciate your patronage. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which, you can also become a, pa a Patreon sponsor of our show. We have a couple different tiers. Um, the highest tier, you're able to uh, get personalized, personalized content, which is really cool. And uh, the lowest tier, you can access our videos before they go online. Mm -hmm. 
So consider doing that. That's really helpful to keep the podcast afloat just for our operation and stuff, you know? So that's, that's, uh, that's the way that you can support this podcast and uh, help grow uh, our apostolate. So mm -hmm. again, we're thankful for you. Why don't we, why don't we close out with a Hail Mary dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows? Um, you can take the first yeah. part. I'll take the second part. All right. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for, pray us. for us. God bless you, and Mary keep you. We'll see you on the next one. Adios. All right. Take care. Oh,